All right, keep standing for a moment. Um, I want to read some scripture to you. So just stand as we read this. Go to John's Gospel, John chapter 15. And how we're in this series uh, right now called The Farmer, the Plow, and the Vine. And I've been talking about these three critical mind shifts that you've got to make in 2017. You don't make these shifts in your mind in 2017, you're just going to have another 2016, another 2015. You're going to have the same thing you've been having, okay? We talk about the farmer, man. You got it. Man, if I will plant it generously, God will grow it exponentially. Then last week, I preached my lungs out. I mean, I just, I preached the best message I'm going to preach all year. If you were here last week, man, if you missed it last week, it's all downhill from here on out. I'm telling you, like last week, I mean, I, I just, I... I knocked that ball. I, the bases were loaded. It was the bottom of the night. I knocked it out of the stinking park, people. Cleared the bases. So today, hopefully, you're going to get a base hit. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for a base hit. Oh, but and then in last, so last week, I talked about this idea. Man, get a plow and what? Get to plowing. Get to plowing. If you missed that, you listen, You that is a pivotal message that I have I've preached. I've been preaching for a long time, and that's one of the most important messages I think I've ever preached. So if you didn't hear it, get on the podcast, okay? Get on the podcast for that. Today, let's talk about the plow. Uh, or today, let's talk about the vine. We talked about plow last week. We talked about the vine this week. If you're new to church, uh, if you don't have a Bible, you can go on your mobile device, by the way. Go to your app store. Look for you version. It's a great version of the Bible. There's like all kinds of different translations there. And if you're on a mobile device, I'm in the New Living Translation you're new to church, John was an apostle of Jesus. Many think he was Jesus' best friends, uh, best friend with him, and there were 12 disciples. He was one of them, and so Jesus was having this meeting with just the disciples, just the 12. This is not a large group gathering, but this is kind of cool. Like, John let us in on some things that Jesus was talking to, to, to the disciples, and so he thought it was important, and he wrote it down. And John's Gospel, chapter 15, and let's, uh, let's go to verse 5. I just want to read a couple verses to you, and then I'll let you be seated. Yes, I am the vine. This is Jesus talking. I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. How many of you need some fruit bearing in 2017? Man, much fruit. May God bear much fruit for you in the new year. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers, and such branches, they're gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you can ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. Let's pray as we prepare to hear what God has to say. Father, for your word, we say thank you. For your praise and your worship in this place today, thank you. For the people of God, thank you. Church, let's just pray for each other right now. I love this practice of just taking a moment to pray for one another uh, because we all, I mean, there's some people sitting around you that, man, there's just not a lot of fruit and they, they just are hoping for good things and they came in here to just see if maybe what God might have for them. If you are not a follower of Jesus, you can pray. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you can pray right now and just say, man, God, would you speak to me? And he will, I promise you, he will speak to you if you ask him to. And, and then would you pray for me as your pastor? I, I want to say only what the Holy Spirit wants us to hear. So God, we ask now that you uh, fill this place full of your hope, your healing, your peace, and your purpose in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. all right, sit on down. 
If I were to ask you um, how much gas you got in your car right now, what would you say? Um, all right. How many of you, you full tank? You got full tank right now? I told first service this is the way it was going to go down. First service was like, man, they're all, they're all on it, man. They're like, boom, boom, boom. They're there, and they're full tankers, man. A bunch of people full tankers. There's like five of you here got full tank. So I was like, yeah, we love you. Yeah, we aspire to your greatness one day. That's awesome. But none of the rest of us got that full tank, do we? How many of you three quarters, three quarters of a tank? That's pretty good, isn't it? That's all right. How many of you have a half a tank, half a tank? That's me. I got my half a tank right now. Uh, how about a quarter tank, quarter tank? All right. All right. Red liners. Redliners in the house. <laughs> how many of you got no clue how much gas you got in your car? I don't even know. I'm scared to drive out of the parking lot right now. <laughs> how many of you on fumes? Like you're on fumes right now. Yeah, like only one or two of you even admit that right now. You're not like, I'm not going to admit that in the house of God. Yeah, running on those fumes. You know what's funny is when you get to the red line and you get, start, you get below the red line, you ever convince yourself, well, that really means I still got three gallons. I still got like... <laughs> Three gallons. E stands for extra. That's what it stands for. A little extra in there. But have you ever, ever been in the place where you know, like, I am about to run out of gas? That, like, it is the best feeling to have a full tank of gas. It feels so great. But the, one of the worst feelings is when you're, when you're driving and you realize, I don't, I don't think I'm going to make it to the gas station. I, I hope I'm going to make it. And you, you see the gas station, like it's a quarter mile up the road, and you go, I don't think we're going to make it. I don't think we're going to make it. And you're doing everything you can to try to make it. Like you're begging Jesus for a miracle. You've never prayed. You're searching for that next step card somewhere in your car. It's in here. I'm filling it out right now. Jesus, please, Lord. And you're begging him like you're begging him like you begged for your grandma's healing when she was having open heart surgery. You're just begging God, just get me there. You're talking to your car? Anybody ever talk to your car? Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Okay, you know that car ain't got no heartbeat, right? <laughs> But it just feels good. Like, you're, I'm going to give it a pep talk, and we're going to get there. We're going to get there together. You're turning everything off that you possibly can. <laughs> Air conditioning, the heater, radar, radio, everything you can, man. You're telling your kids, don't move. <laughs> Nobody move. In fact, get out. Get out right now. All right, I'm coming back for your little brother. Watch, watch out for your little brother. I'm going to be right back. <laughs> you, you ever do this one? Lean forward. <laughs> How does that help? But well, we do it. Come on, we're going to make it. We're going to get there. Is there any better feeling in life than when you pull into the gas station and you made it? Like you jump out of your car, you're like Rocky Balboa. You're like, da, 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 da. You're like, yeah. Everybody's looking at you like, yeah, you almost out of gas, weren't you? That's right. Yeah, I made it. He made it. Everybody, woo, hallelujah chorus. He made it. Yes, Lord. I mean, everybody's really excited. You're like doing a Zoolander with the gas pump. You're like, woo. Kissing it, Mwah. ooh, tastes nasty, but oh, that's the best taste ever. Woohoo! I mean, you're just so excited to get some gas in your tank, man. Oh, well, think about life for a moment, okay? I want to, and this one is not audience participation. I just want you to think about where are you at in life right now? Maybe for some of you, you're on a full tank. I mean, you got things are just good right now. I mean, they just, they've been good for a while. You feel real good about where you're going. You feel really good. Some of you might be three-quarters of a tank. Like, you're like, I'm all right. I'm doing good. I mean, life's not, everything's not checking out great, but I'm doing, I'm doing good. Some of you are like half a tank. You're like, well, life ain't all that great, but it don't suck either. Like, I mean, it's like, I don't know what I am. I'm not great, but I'm not bad. 
And then some of you, some of you would say, man, I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm about a quarter of a tank. <laughs> that tank is starting to run low, and I, man, I hope I can make it. And some of you are redlining it today. Are you not? I mean, you're redlining it. You just, you barely got anything. And some of you, man, you just, you're running on fumes. I mean, in life, you, like you just, you rolled up into church just kind of coasting in, in, and you just plop yourself down in the chair, and you're just like, give me something, Jesus. <laughs> give me something, because I am wore out. God doesn't want you to run on fumes. He, he wants you to have a, a full tank. He wants you to have a full tank. The problem at times is that we, we kind of treat God like a filling station, like a gas station. You know, I, I just kind of pull in, God fills me up, and then I just pull right out and I get going in my life. And although that is true that God wants to fill us and that his Holy Spirit does an amazing work through his power of, of filling us up, that, that's a horrible and terrible and miserable way to go through life. Because what happens is, is, is you're, you're high and then you're low, you're, you're, you're happy, you're, you're sad, you're, things are going great, they're not going great, and you're frustrated, and you're, you're bent over backwards, and then you're, you're just frustrated, and you're discouraged, and you're tired, and you're wore out, and man, I got to go get filled back up again, and I get filled back up, and I feel good, and, and then all of a sudden, then I, I get drained back out, and then I go back, and I fill up, and then I, and then I drain back out. It's a miserable way to live the Christian life. And it's not how God created us to live in him. This is what Jesus is trying to get across to us here in John's gospel in the 15th chapter. Let's go back to it in John's gospel. Jesus is trying to get said to us, that, hey, I'm not a gas station. I'm not a filling station. I, I'm not, you don't just connect and, and disconnect and connect and disconnect. He uses this, this picture and this story to tell us that he, he's a vine. And he's this vine that we attach to. Look back at, at verse 5, and Jesus says this, Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will what? Will what? Produce much fruit. Produce much fruit. In other words, you're going you're gonna to have a full tank. Those who remain in me and I in them, they're, they're gonna have, those are going to be the people that always are running on a full tank. And then he says this, from a, For apart from me, what? You can do nothing. You can do nothing. In, in, in other words, apart from me, you're going to be running on empty. And, uh, and apart from me, you're just going to stall out. You're going to be running on fumes, and you're not going to be able to make it. So what Jesus is trying to get said here, he says, man, if you want to be full, if you want to be full and you want to produce fruit, you've got to stay connected to me. So the question I want us to kind of wrestle with for a few minutes here, and I'd like for you to write this down because this is what we're going to talk through for a few minutes is, this simple question here, am I connected to the vine all the time? Am I connected to the vine all the time? Turn to somebody right now, just get audience participation, and just say, hey, are you connected? Just ask them a simple question. Are you, are you connected? Are you connected? Are you connected? If you've been coming to Core Church for a while, you know 2016 was a year that I kind of put a garden in my backyard, not not vegetables, but uh, uh, bushes and plants and some flowers. And, and it was my first swing at it, so I, I didn't really know what I was doing. And, and, but I got it looking pretty good. And, and then we had a couple of trees that were providing shade, and a windstorm took those trees out. And so we didn't have any shade, and I was like, man, I need to get a tree. And, 
And so I talked to one of the guys in the church and about maybe getting a tree and what kind of tree I should get. And so I, didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. And so he told me, he said, I'm going to send you some links to some trees. And then he sent me these links. And then I looked at how much these trees cost. Oh, my goodness. You know, this guy's like, I can't, I got I, I to I put food on the table. I can't afford that. And I'm thinking, well, looks like we're not going to have a tree. And so then I got to thinking, I was pulling into the office one day. And as I was pulling in, I was like, wait a second. We got 40 acres of trees here. This is awesome. I'll just get one of these. And so I was like, one Saturday, I was like, I pulled up in my Suburban and I, you know, because I'm the pastor and I, I can do that. I don't need no advisory board to tell me that I can't have a tree or fill out a requisition form. I'm getting me a tree. And so, <laughs> and so I mean, there's a lot of them out there, people. Some of you right now are going, really? Can I come get a, get a tree? I'd need a tree. Sure, fine. Uh, so, but I'm out there. So on a Saturday, I go out there and I find this tree that I want. And I pick it out. And I'm like, well, that's the one I want right there. So I start digging. Well, I've, I've, uh, I've cut down trees, but I've never really dug out the root system of a tree. Uh, wow, wow. This is a beautiful tree. And those roots, they just, they not only went down, they went out. They went everywhere. And I was like, I got about a foot and a half down. I'm like, well, forget this. I can't get this tree out. And so I went to a smaller one that was probably about five, four or five feet high, uh, about, about the size of a garden hose and uh, the, the tree trunk of it. And I was like, this one I can get. Okay, so I start digging it out. And as I start to dig it out, um, I get about two feet down, and this root just keeps going and going and going. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. And so I'm digging, and I'm digging, and I'm digging, and it's not coming up. So finally, I just got, I just got frustrated. I'm like, forget it. And I took my shovel, turned it into a pick, and just started hacking off the root, okay? And I pulled that bad boy up out of the ground. I said, got me a tree. Went home, stuck it in the back of my backyard right there in the middle of my garden. And that sucker looked Beautiful. For like 48 hours. <laughs> and uh, I was watering it, and it started turning on me and turning fast. It went from beautiful, luscious green leaves to yellow leaves to brown leaves to completely dried out. I put fertilizer. I did everything I could. I thought, well, this thing just needs time. And then Laura comes to me, and she goes, hey, we got company coming over uh, in the next few days. Uh, can you please get that thing out of there? And I'm like, baby, it's going to come back. I know I know it's going to come back. And I'm like, hey, listen, just give it three more days. Jesus was resurrected on the third day. Maybe he'll do that for my tree. Okay, so I was even speaking over my tree. It did not live. It died. I had to pull that sucker up, and I had to throw it away. I think this is how a lot of us approach Jesus and our relationship with him, that, that we have this picture in our mind, and, and we Instead of him being the vine and us being the branch, we become the vine and he becomes the branch that we try to attach him to. So we go and we dig him up at the root system, yank him up and try to plant him into various areas of our life. And he becomes this branch. And so what happens is we go, you know, I'm having some problems right now in my family. My family, things aren't going really well in my family. You know what I need? I need me some Jesus. And so you go hunting for some Jesus, and you go dig up some Jesus, and you go, you know, I'm going to plant him, boom, right there in the middle of my family. All right, Jesus, do your thing. And nothing grows. And it continues to die out. You're frustrated at work, and, and things aren't going well in your career, or uh, there's cutbacks, or whatever it is, or you're upside down with your body. I don't know what's happening at, at work, but you're frustrated. You know what? You know what I need? I need to get me some Jesus, and I plant Jesus right in the middle of work. So you go root up some Jesus, dig him out, and you plant him like a branch right in the middle of your work. All right, Jesus, bing, fix it. And it doesn't get any better. 
You're sitting down trying to pay your bills. You ain't got enough money for the bills. And what do you do? You look there and you go, man, I need, I, I need some Jesus. Jesus, I need you right now to fix this. Hello, come on now. I need you to fix this. And, and it doesn't get fixed. And you're wondering what's going on. I mean, we do, man, you think about finals week. You're a student, man. Finals week. What are you doing during finals week, man? You're just, you ain't studied. You ain't done nothing. But all of a sudden, it's finals week. You're like, I got to get me some Jesus. <laughs> and so you dig up some Jesus. You plant him right in the middle. All right, Jesus, come on. Make my grades do something. Come on, do something. My parents are going to see my grade. Please, Jesus. Please, Jesus, do something. And, and nothing happens. And it's because Jesus says this. I'm the vine. You're the branch. I'm the vine, you're the branch. In, in, in other words, he is the, the root system. Life is found in him. And not only is he the root system, but his roots go deep, deeper than you can dig. And that means all life comes from him. All life flows out from him to us, not the other way around. What we are supposed to do is come to him and connect to him. We're supposed to bring our families to him, our finances to him, our careers to him. We're supposed to bring our lives to him. He wants our heart. He wants our soul. He wants our mind. He wants us to come and connect to him. And what he says is, man, if you will connect to me and if you will plant yourself in me, guess what? I'm then going to pour myself out to you, and you're going to start bearing fruit in these areas of your life that you so desperately want me to work in. But you plant yourself in me. You attach yourself to me, and then I'm going to pour myself out to you. This is what he says he will do. But when we treat Jesus like a branch that connects to us, Jesus says we can do what? Nothing. We can do nothing. And so Jesus here in this story, when he's talking to the disciples, he tells them this, like, you, you can't do anything. If you treat me like a branch and try to plant me here, you can't do anything. But it's almost like they're not getting it. So Jesus is like, all right, let me, let me say it this way. And so in verse 6, Jesus says this. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Do you ever feel like you're dying on the vine? Do you ever have that feeling in your life where you're just dying inside? Like you, you feel like you're producing more thorns than you are fruit? You're, you're, you're like, man, why, why, why am I so frustrated right now? Why am I so angry? Why, why this bitterness? Why am I jealous of that person? I mean, I go to work and I see them, I'm jealous. I see what they're driving. I pull into a parking lot. I see them get out and I wish I had what they have. Or you see some lady and you're like, man, I wish I, wish I had her, wish she was my wife. Or you look at some man, I wish he was my husband because this is what I got. And you, 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 and you just, man, you just, why am I so frustrated? Why, why can't I shake this feeling of loneliness and discouragement and and even depression, why can't I shake it? Why can't I get rid of this habit? <laughs> why can't I get rid of this addiction that I have? I try and I try again. Why, why can I not do that? Well, Jesus would tell us, check the connection. Check the connection. A, a, a branch can only produce what it's attached to. Turn to somebody and tell them, check the connection. Check the connection. What are you connected to? You can only produce what you're connected to. Like if, 
if you are connected and all life flows out of your family or flows out of that relationship that you have, guess what? As long as that relationship's going good, I'm going to be good. But if that relationship gets upside down, guess what? I'm going to be upside down and I'm going to be frustrated. If you attach yourself to your career, a lot of us guys, this is a big thing for us, man, it's all about the job, it's all about the promotion, it's all about the title, and it's all about the paycheck and how much, how many zeros are at the end of my paycheck. And if you're attached to that, guess what? You are attached to however that goes, however many zeros. If I got a lot of zeros, man, I'm doing good. If I don't have a lot of zeros, I'm not doing good. If I'm doing well with my boss, then I, I feel good. But if things aren't going well with my coworkers and things are upside down at work, guess what? I'm frustrated and I'm upside down at work. Finances, some of us are attached to our finances, man. All life comes from that savings or checking account or that 401k or whatever it is that you've got, you're like, man, how much money do I have? And as long as there's something there, as long as that little nest egg is protected, as long as I got this over in savings, man, I'm doing good. But the second I have to dip into savings and pull it out and use it over here, or as soon as I can't stretch and I can't even pay that bill, now all of a sudden I'm upside down. Check the connection. What are you connected to? Because Jesus says this, when you are attached to me, when you're attached to the vine, your life will produce much fruit. Your life has the ability to produce fruit, but you've got to have the right connection. You've got to be connected to the right thing. And by the way, the fruit that Jesus is talking about here is not a good job. The fruit that Jesus is talking about in this passage of, of Scripture is, is not um, money in, in the bank. It's not, hey, good grades or your kids getting good grades. It's, it's not, hey, I'm going to find the right spouse or God's going to fix this for me. God, God cares about those things in, in our lives, but that's not the fruit. This is not what he's talking about here. What he's talking about here is his character. He wants to get his character in us and out of us. His goal is to turn us into the very image of Christ to put his character in you and get it out of you. In fact, uh, the kind of fruit that he's talking about, the apostle uh, Paul talks about in his letter to the Galatians. He writes this letter to the Galatians and he tells them, this is the kind of fruit that God's trying to get produced in your life. And some of you may be familiar with this. You don't have to look it up. We'll put it on the screen. But Galatians 5.22, if you want to write that down, Galatians 5.22. And he says this, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This, this is the kind of fruit that Jesus wants to bring out of your life. This is the kind of fruit we have the ability to bring out the character of Christ. But have you, have you ever been in a situation where, where, where try as you might, you can't, you can't produce fruit? Like you're trying, but, but you just can't do it. You're like, man, peace, peace, yeah, peace, peace. I'll give you a piece of my mind. That's what I'm about to do right now. You want some peace here. It's about to come at you full throttle. All barrels loaded, okay? And parents, you got kids? Man, you got kids? You ever tried to be patient with your children? When you try to be patient, are you able to be patient? <laughs> You're like, I'm trying to be patient. Why can't I be patient? Because I'm trying to be patient right now. And they're like, mama, mama. Oh, mama, you're not supposed to say that word. Oh, mama. 
<laughs> You're like, oh yeah? Well, I got seven more to go with it, okay? So you just hold on right now. Oh, and Jesus says he'll forgive me seven times 70, so we're going to be good. So you set your little butt down, and I'm going to talk to you right now. Yes, mama. Yes, mama. Oh, I don't know what's wrong. I can't wait till dad gets home, mama. I mean, just you're just, you're just losing your patience. I guess it's the new year. It's the new year, and you're like, I'm going I'm to have some self-control. I'm going to watch what I eat. I'm going to exercise, and I'm going to watch what I spend, okay? <laughs> you do that? Like, what is today, the 22nd? Like, you're already, like, no self-control. It's already out the way. This is me. Like, I went into this new year because I was going to do it in 2016. It didn't happen. So 2017, I'm like, this is the year of self-control. I'm like, I am going to watch what I eat. I'm exercising. I'm doing good there. But I'm going to watch what I eat. And uh, sure, I did. I, I, last night, I was watching what I was eating. I was eating cookie dough and chili dogs. That's what I was eating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was watching it all right. Woo! And let me tell you, that was a full gospel experience. It was. <laughs> It was awesome <laughs> to like three in the morning. <laughs> it was like I swallowed an atomic bomb and I was like, oh, tick, 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 it's about to go off. This is not going to be good. <laughs> I mean, it's just like brutal, but oh, it was so good at the time. I mean, hey, sometimes you can live with a little regret, can't you? I mean, you know, and so, but I got here this morning and I'm like reading over the scripture and I, I look at the, the words here and it says self-control and I'm like, why can't I have self-control, God? And he says this, well, because apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I, I have no ability to produce fruit on my own. I, 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 can, I might be able to do it for a season, but eventually I'm going to produce thorns. Eventually, instead of fruit, it's going to be thorns. And, and, you know, sometimes you may, if you're not a follower of Jesus, you may be like, wait a second, Brad, I'm, I'm able to be kind. I'm able to be, show self-control. I'm, I'm able to be patient, and I'm not a follower of Jesus. Yeah, yeah you can do that for a season. You know why? Because you're created in the image of God. Okay, you're, you, you are created in his image. There's a reason why every man, every woman, and every child desires those things in their life. It's the reason we desire it, the reason we want it, is because you're created in the image of God. You're created to become like him, and he wants to bring that out in you, but you cannot do it apart from him. So the question is, Am I connected to the vine all the time? Turn to somebody right now and say, what are you connected to? What are you, what are you connected to? And here's the thing. Five times, five times, Jesus says, remain in me. Remain in me. Remain in me. At that point, the disciples are like, we got it, okay, Jesus, we got it. He's like, no, remain in me. And they're like, really, seriously? One more. Remain in me. We have to remain connected to the vine. So how do we stay connected to the vine? Well, a couple ways. Number one, if you're not a follower of Jesus, ask this question. Here's the question I want you to ask. Am I in him? If we remain in him, he will remain in us. Am I in him? Have I made a decision to follow Jesus? Or am I, oh my goodness, am I connected to these, these other, oh, I'm getting life from these other things. And 
all it's producing is thorns in my life. And if you want fruit, the only way to have fruit is to attach yourself to the vine. And I think of the vine like, I think a good picture of the vine is the cross. That's what you're attaching yourself to, the cross of Christ. If you're not a follower of Jesus, what that simply means is that you bring your thorns to the foot of the cross. You bring all of your thorns to him and you say, man, this is my life, God. It's like a thorn bush. It's just terrible. Like I saw this stuff in me and I don't like who I am and I don't like the decisions I've been making. I don't like the people I've been hurting and what I've been doing to myself. That's, that's called sin that you're dealing with in your life. And the promise is if you bring it and you attach yourself to the vine, he says, guess what? It will die with him. It will be buried with him and will be, you will be resurrected anew which means all of your thorns, all of your sin, all of your shame will die at the cross, be buried, have a funeral for it, never to be dug up again, and now you are raised to new life. Amen? Amen. Come on, if you're a follower of Jesus, is that true or not true? The people who are not followers of Jesus here, they need to know that from you. They need to see that in your life. So that brings me to the second question. If you are a follower of Jesus, you're around people that don't know Jesus. Are you producing thorns or are you producing fruit? So the question you got to ask your, yourself is this. Am I remaining in him? Am I remaining in him or is Jesus just a filling station? Is Jesus just a gas station? Like I just come in on a Sunday and, and I fill up and I get the power of God and I go back out in my week and guess what? Now your gas gauge is going down, it's going down, it's going down and from fruit come thorns, from fruit comes thorns until you get into the red and the oh man, I gotta get me some Jesus. You know, I gotta find a scripture and so you run back to the, oh, I gotta get me a scripture, okay, I got my scripture, okay, good. And then you go back and you go back to your life and then the gas gauge goes down and goes down and goes down. And what Jesus says is you gotta get connected to me. You got to get connected and you got to remain in me. One of our core values is this. We will connect our hearts in worship. We will connect our hearts in worship. I think one of the ways that we connect, and maybe a couple of the ways that we connect to the vine is through personal and corporate worship. Do you have a personal time where you sit down with God every day you have a place. Like, this is where I sit. Mine's at, mine's at the breakfast table. i got a place. i had a place over in the office, the place I go, and I sit. And this is where I sit with Jesus. Do you have not a time where you read the Bible? Stop reading. You don't need to read the Bible. Not just where you just pray. Don't just say a prayer, but a time of worship, a personal worship, a daily worship where you're stopping and you're reading the Word of God and you're praying. Guess what that is? That when you are praying and reading the word of God, guess what you're doing? When you're praying, you're saying, I'm in you, God. I'm in you. And when you open up his word, he speaks back to you and says, I'm in you. So I'm in you and you're in me. Okay, I'm in you and then the word comes back at me and you're, you're in me. And I start to realize and recognize how to keep this connection. He starts showing me the thorns in different areas of my life. And I start working through that and have this time. Do you have a personal time of worship? I think also, though, that he wants us to worship corporately because the thing about the vine and the branches is a branch doesn't connect to the vine by itself. It's not the way it works. It's not one branch on a long vine. 
when Jesus told this story to the disciples, he was, he was giving this picture of a vineyard. And if you've seen a vineyard, there's all kinds of different branches that are attached to the vine. we got to be attached corporately to the body of Christ where we are feeding off one another. Listen, you can go home and you can sing, the, hey, the, the resurrected king is resurrecting me. You can play that song in your car. You can play it in the bathroom while you're getting ready. You can play it around the house. But you come into the house of God and you come in here with the people of God and you sing it with the people of God. There's just something that happens. The power of God comes upon you. Why? Because there's a whole lot of branches that are attached to one single vine, and he is pumping through every single one of those branches all at the same time. Listen, if you come in here and you're like, hey, I just do the Sunday morning thing. That's just my thing. Then you're treating Jesus like a filling station. I love you, but it's a filling station for you. This is not what the church was meant to be. Yesterday, we were, uh, took our youngest daughter, Skye, to a, a college visit at OSU. And... Um, so uh, I don't even know what to say to that Uh, so some of y'all are Sooner fans you're like what what is this we're going in March to OU so it's it's okay alright it's it's gonna be alright you know oh I don't even know if I can worship with him if she goes to OSU I just don't even know if I can worship here you're so off track of what I'm trying to get said here so uh, we're at OSU, and over and over and over again at OSU, they said that, hey, we're a family, we're a family, we're a family, we're a family. Hey, we're a family. Hey, we're a family. Hey, we're a family. Hey, you know what? Don't stay in your dorm. Don't stay in your dorm. Don't stay in your dorm. Get out. Get to know people. We have this club. We have this club. We have this club. And you can join this group, and you can join this group. You can make up your own group, and you can just, just get together with people. Get to know people. Get out. Get out. Get out. Over and over again. That's at the university. Because this is the house of God. We're the people of God. We're supposed to model this. This is who we are. Can I say this to you in in, in the most loving way I can? Get out of your dorm room. Get out of your dorm room. Get around the people of God. Say, you know what? I'm going to be in the house of God. And get in a relationship space. We've been talking about this for a month. I'm telling you, if you are not connected in a relationship space, you're not connected to the body. You're not in the church, and that may be harsh, but I'm just telling you, if you're a follower of Jesus, i got to tell it how it is. got to preach Scripture, what it says, and who we're supposed to be, and we're supposed to be interconnected with one another. Are you connected with the body of Christ? If you're not, man, come to Core Community. I'm telling you, something magical happens when we get together and we get in these small circles and we start praying for one another. Listen, I can pray all day long for my kids, and I get in a circle with a couple of guys, and I say, hey, man, I just need you to be praying for my kids. And one of them will just launch into a prayer. Man, there's just something that happens. I'm like, man, this is just a beautiful thing. Why? Because the branches, they're pumping together with, with Jesus in the vine. You get into a group, you need to get into a group, man. Get into a group, get into a circle. I don't care how you do it, but get in with the body of Christ. Get in with the body of Christ. But remember this. I want to get this said. The goal of the Christian life is not to spend one hour on Sunday and ten minutes in the morning. Okay, that's not the goal of the Christian life. The goal here is simply this, that we would remain in Jesus and Jesus would remain in us and that we would produce much fruit. That we would remain in him, he would remain in us, and our lives would just be fruit-bearing. And I want to get this said. This is so important. You cannot squeeze a fruit ripe. It takes time. Some of y'all, you, you come to church, you're like, oh, I tried the church thing, man. I, I prayed. <laughs> My kids are still stupid. I mean, you just get frustrated. You're like, I don't even know Jesus can cure stupid, but hey. Some of you feel that way about your parents. You're like, oh, this ain't about me. You should see my parents. Meet my parents. And I mean, just, you're just squeezing that fruit ripe. And, and you, can't, you can't squeeze a fruit. It, ta- it takes time. 
It takes time being in the body of Christ, being in the Word, having a personal time of worship and allowing Him to get in you and, and bringing your thorns to Him. You know, one of the things Jesus says in the story is He prunes those that He loves. He, he prunes us and, and He cuts us back and He molds us and He shapes us and He disciplines us and He corrects us. I, I think that's, I, I honestly think that's one of the main reasons we avoid church. I think it's why some of you don't come every week. Say, man, I just, I'm faced with my thorns. And I just don't like that. It just makes me feel guilty. You don't serve a God of guilt and condemnation. That guilt you are receiving is from the enemy who says, what are you doing in the house of God? You shouldn't be here. You go to pick up the word of God. The reason some of you don't ever pick up the word of God is because you read it and it tells you what you're supposed to do and you don't want to do it. That's just the truth. You're like, well, I don't read it because all it tells it says I can't do this. Hello, it's saying you can't be a thorn. I could say it a different way, but then it'd be like, oh, daddy just said it. Could, you know what I mean? I just... He points out your thorns. And he says, let me, let me cut that off. Let me mold you. Let me shape you. Let me get some fruit coming out in you. This is, this is what God wants to do for us. And he prunes us and he does this for our good as we remain in him. Thorns are turned into fruit. So this is what I want to ask you before we pray is, if you're not a follower of Jesus, what are you connected to? How's that working out for you? You tired of the thorns? Are you tired of trying to figure it out? If you are a follower of Jesus, and you've been treating Christ more like a filling station, you're like, oh, that's why I'm running out of gas. That's why I'm so sharp with my words. That's why I'm so critical. Oh, God wants to produce fruit in you. He wants to change you. He wants to mold you. He wants 2017 to be a fruit-bearing year for you and those that you love. Let me pray for you. Would you just bow your heads? If you're a follower of Jesus, make this your prayer. God, would you bear fruit in me? Would you take the thorns? Maybe for you today, it's a, it's a connection issue. You've been connected to the wrong things. Wow, I've been totally relying on my job or my finances or that relationship for everything in my life. And I need to, I got to disconnect from that. I got to connect to the vine. Do that. Maybe there's some thorns that God is revealing in your life right now. He's wanting to prune you right now as a follower of Jesus. He wants to prune you. Let him prune you. He wants to get rid of that. He wants to bring out fruit in your life. And you got to allow his Holy Spirit to come in and the power of the blood of Jesus Christ to wash you clean. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to just implore you right now to say, I'm going to come to Jesus. I'm making that decision today. I'm going to come to Jesus. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. Man, Jesus, I've, I've got nothing but thorns to offer you. Nothing but thorns. Well, guess what? He wore a crown of thorns for you. That's why we go through the cross. That's why we meet him at the cross. And he says, I want to put to death all of those thorns, all of that sin, all of that shame. I want to bury it, and I want to resurrect you again. I'm going to give you new life. If that's the cry of your heart today, your thorns are gone. In Jesus' name, your thorns are gone. And now God is going to begin through the power of his spirit, producing the fruit you desire. Father, thank you for that. In Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Can we give God a hand clap just for who he is?